Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Welcome to day 53 of our 90 day challenge. The topic is mercy said no. We are now in the book of Zechariah. Pat yourself on the back. You're doing a great job. Zechariah, the first chapter, the first verse. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. On the 24th day of the 11th month, the month of Shebat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. During the night I had a vision, and there before me was a man mounted on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, what are these, my lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, they are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees, we have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with these 70 years? So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, and I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they went too far with the punishment. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt. And the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. The topic for today is mercy said no. If Isaiah was the Jesus prophet, obsessed with prophecies about the reality of Christ, Zechariah is the second runner up. 
Many of Zechariah's prophecies foretell of Jesus Christ's life and legacy. Isaiah tells us how Jesus will die, by his stripes we are healed, but Zechariah tells us how Jesus will enter into Jerusalem. The thing I hope you remember about Zechariah is that he is the prophet that shouts from the mountaintops that the king is coming. But not only must we pay attention to the fact that Jesus is coming, it's also important to know how he will come. And the how can be summed up in five letters. Mercy. Zechariah 1.16 promises that Jesus will come to us in mercy. But what does that really mean? Several years ago, I did a concentrated study on mercy, and I would love to share with you what I discovered. First, know this. Mercy is not a one-dimensional term that simply means we get a pardon ticket from God. I mean, that is an essential component of what mercy is, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Mercy is the expression of God's loving kindness toward us. I'll say that again just in case you're taking notes. Mercy is the expression of God's loving kindness toward us. The operative word is expression. And an expression is the shape someone's face takes on. It's the look on someone's face. The expression tells you how that person feels. The expression helps you to understand the words coming out of someone's mouth. So when I say mercy is God's expression, that means when God smiles, you don't see teeth, you see mercy. When God makes a motion, we see it displayed in the earth as mercy. We see God's face because of mercy and we hear God's words because of love. So if I had to simplify this definition, I would say that love is the language God speaks and mercy is the expression God makes. But let me say it another way. Mercy is God's love packaged in noticeable signs. So if God shipped you a special delivery, the box you'd receive at the front door wouldn't be cardboard. It would be mercy. Why? Because mercy is the outermost layer of God's innermost love gift. It is a visible response to God's invisible love. It's one of the ways God shows us how much he loves us. It's tangible and visible and spiritual all at the same time. We can see it. We can touch it. We can sense it. Why? Because God doesn't just forgive us and then say, pay me back with your life. No, that would be something like divine imprisonment. Instead, God wraps his love in the package of mercy and ships it to us as a thank you card from heaven. So the only way we can open up God's love is if we first undo the wrapping paper of God's mercy. Why is this important? It's important because we need to see mercy in our lives before we can fully love difficult people. We need to see mercy in our lives because God's love toward us makes our love toward others possible. If you need a hint into God's love, start looking for mercy to show up in your life. That's what Jude 21 encourages us to do. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So start looking for mercy in everyday encounters. Pay attention to the cop who caught you speeding. And instead of giving you a ticket, he said, don't let it happen again. 
Pay attention to the teacher who offers you extra credit even though you skip class enough times to get an F for the year. See mercy in the man who ran out of the supermarket to give you the phone or the purse you forgot. Do you remember the stranger who stopped you in the hotel lobby and said, ma'am, your headlights are on? Yes, that's mercy. It's mercy because she or he saved you an entire day's worth of frustration and delay. You were moving too quickly to pay attention. You deserved a violation. You were about to lose your job. You were about to lose your job. See, I get distracted so easily, y'all pray for me. You were about to lose your job and God saw fit to use people as messengers of mercy. These are all expressions of God's love. If you can't grasp this small but important nugget, then my next definition will feel like you're learning a foreign language. The key is this. Mercy is not just a free pass out of detention. It is more like God's welcome letter into one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions. It is God's daily devotional to us. It is God's love in action toward us. Mercy is one of the most tangible ways to see and touch an intangible God. If you look at the Hebrew word for mercy, you'll find that it is the same word used to describe loving kindness. The word is chesed in the Old Testament. Everybody try that, chesed. When God shows chesed in the Old Testament 240 times, y'all, you almost always see the word mercy. And whenever you don't see mercy, you'll see transliterated kindness or loving kindness. So the word love and the word mercy are interchangeable. You can't have love without having mercy. You can't separate love from mercy. The two are like Siamese twins. The two are like one potato and potato. The two are like salt and pepper. To love someone is to have mercy for them. It's just that clear cut. We can't say we love our neighbor, but avoid them when we see them walking toward us in the grocery store. That's not love. That's lip service. But Christ showed his love by giving mercy to people who would soon deny him. Christ showed his love by giving mercy to people who would soon betray him. Christ showed his love by giving mercy to people who would falsely accuse him. Jesus loved the unlovable. Jesus loved me. That's the Old Testament principle of Zechariah 1, which shows up as a New Testament parable in Luke 6. If you pay close attention to the scriptures, Jesus cleverly teaches chesed or mercy by beginning the discussion on easy love. Jesus says that anyone can love a lovable person. That's easy. But who among you can love the difficult person? Who can give to the stingy and do good to their enemy? Who can lend to folk who never pay back and hope for nothing in return? Who among you? These were rhetorical questions with obvious answers. The answer was simple. No one can do such things. But this is exactly why Jesus entered the conversation this way. Beneath the surface of all that Christ said was an obvious answer to this hypothetical problem. You can only love a difficult person with Jesus. Jesus is teaching a new revised standard version of love. Then, without warning, he replaces the word love with mercy before the listeners even realize what's going on. 
Read verse 36 of Luke chapter 6 again. Be ye therefore merciful as your father is merciful. Wait a minute, Jesus. You never introduced the word mercy. What are you doing here? It's precisely what I noticed about Chesed in the Old Testament all along. Jesus was describing mercy by revising their idea of love, and he did it through Jonah. He did it through Micah. He did it through Nahum and Habakkuk, through Haggai and Zephaniah. Are you seeing this? He is using each prophet to show a different expression of mercy. To love God's way is to love the unlovable. That's mercy. But Jesus didn't speak in a way that would confuse them. He spoke their language and then changed their understanding. If we're going to be effective, we got to learn how to speak their language and then change their understanding. This was the secret behind Christ's masterful genius. He showed his disciples by asking clever questions that what you call love and what I call mercy are one and the same. They are poured out from the same cup. They are variables in the same equation. Therefore, it is impossible to love God's way without including God's mercy in it. Here's one final example for all of my visual learners. Have you ever purchased a car with an extended warranty? I sure have. If you have, then you know that an extended warranty goes beyond the period in which the car is new. And nine times out of ten, a new car won't need repair. So the extended warranty comes in handy when you or when the car has been stretched beyond its limitations. The extended warranty proves useful after the newness of the car wears off. In the same way, we don't usually need mercy when we are first introduced to someone. When people are new, they don't expose their defects. They're easy to love. Insert violins and baby music. But after someone's newness wears off, you're going to wish you had that extended mercy to handle all of humanity's mechanical flaws. What are these flaws, you ask? What do they look like? Good question. For one, these flaws become obvious to you when the brakes start wearing out in a relationship. You try to stop from arguing, but you start squeaking. Trust me, you know an extended season when you're in one. It usually begins after patience has ended. After that first argument or during that first altercation at work, you will need something greater than you to say what you can't say alone. Initially, the boss thought you were a great employee until she realized you were next in line to take her job. Yep, that's when you need that extended warranty. And that husband was greater than vanilla ice cream until you realized he was spending all your money without telling you. That's when you need that extended warranty. Oh, and that woman, yeah, she was your best friend until she listened to your heart long enough to steal your man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the midst of these complex situations. That's when you realize what mercy is. This is what Jesus was saying in Luke 6. When you have all of the evidence to convict someone and still you decide to turn the other cheek, forgive them and pray, you have stepped into the kind of love that only Jesus can give. Y'all tired yet? Let's go deeper. So thus far, we have tried to get a better understanding of mercy, but the question remains, how long should we be merciful? Isn't there a limit to this mercy stuff? A few days, a few months? I know the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning, but that's God, not me. Doesn't mercy ever take a lunch break? The Bible answers these questions in one simple word, everlasting. 
Psalm 103.17 offers us a beautiful reminder that the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. So in truth, we would misrepresent Christ if we decided to give mercy one day and not give it to the next. But the beauty of this revelation lies in the fact that God is an everlasting God. So everything God gives us the ability to do, we can't do it without him. God loves us with an everlasting love, Jeremiah 31. God is the God of everlasting strength, Isaiah 26. And God is the God of everlasting life, Matthew 19. So today, in honor of the words found in Zechariah 1.16, show mercy. Remember that difficult people come in different shapes and sizes and your difficult person could be an impatient drive through employee, an antagonistic in-law, or a telemarketer who just won't take no for an answer. Your difficult person could be a new teacher at your job who thinks she knows it all, or your daughter who doesn't understand the value of a U.S. dollar. The worst is when you're married to one. My God, don't say amen too loud. Yes, difficult people are diversely scattered around your life, but know this, they are all cured by the same spiritual medication, more mercy. And once you knock down that barrier with mercy, you prove that someone bigger than you is working inside of you. So what is your worship work? Remember that even in your miserable moments and even in your mistakes, God's mercy still prevails. Do a little bit of study today on mercy. And as you do, listen to this song by C.C. Winans, titled Mercy Said No. Deep with 
Jesus, mercy said no.